nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining me tonight on the high school uh, version of San Antonio Soccer Roundtable, we got Rafa. How are you doing, sir? Pretty good. Uh, live here from Ron Rock, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> my, my home away from home for this week. <laughs> you catching that? You, you doing any scouting up there? Uh, you know, for you know, for the local teams here in San Antonio when, when we go to playoffs here. Yeah, uh, we'll saw some of the hopefully the, those Ron Rock teams and Westlake and Lake Travis. And tomorrow I'm going to go see a private school game. So give him help out the private schools as well. And joining us also is uh, Coach uh, Yates uh, from Sam Houston High School here in San Antonio. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I do like your shirt. I, I do like the camouflage <laughs> with, with the Hurricane logo on there. So thank you thank for dressing you. up here uh, for that here. Uh, Rafa will be conducting the interview. Uh, like I said here, just uh, for, he's, he's our, our high school soccer ex expert here. So uh, go ahead, Rafa. Uh, so, well, just an introduction, Coach. Uh, uh, as far as your background uh, with uh, with high school soccer, what, what credentials did you have as far as you know coming into coaching <laughs> soccer? I, I had I had none. Uh, really, really. Whenever my first year coaching, uh, straight out of college, I I got hired at Sam Houston, and uh, there was no girls coach. So uh, they asked me if I was willing to do it, and I sure I can try I don't really know anything about it but I'm willing to try and just fill a role for you and that that's how I got into it so what's the big difference with the coaching with the boys or with the girls and now with coaching with the boys uh, girls are actually more uh, willing to do what you ask them to do we lost them Yeah, it looks like uh, we lost him on his connection. The field, field picked back up. Here. Uh, looks like here he comes. Oh. Do, 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 do. There you go. There we go. You're back, coach. Okay. Uh, so the, the guys are just, uh, you need to know why you're doing things before they'll do it. The girls, you just tell, hey, I need you to go do this. And they're they're more willing to, to do that for you before knowing why. Uh, I see a comment there. Girls are more mature, boy, as well. <laughs> um, so when you switched over to the you know, coaching, taking over the boys program, you know, what, you know, as far as I know, I know kind of a little bit of the background with Sam Houston soccer and with some of the struggles they've had. What were your initial goals going into this season once you know took over the program? You know, what, you know, so, speak, speaking with the boys there. Uh, Sam Houston's always had the talent. 
they just never were willing to come and play. They didn't see a point in playing for a school. They didn't see a point in going through all the academic. You're their coach. I think we might have lost him. Yeah. Hey, Rafa, can you mute your TV? It's picking yeah, up a little bit now. Coach Yates? Yeah, so it looks like we're having a, a little bit of issues with Coach Yates here. So, Rafa, tell us a little bit about uh, the Sam Houston program. I know you meant, you know, I know you were trying to ask him uh, some questions here, but. Uh, uh, kind of your thoughts on the, the Sam Houston program. It sounds like he says that there, there is talent there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I know in the past, cause I know a couple of people that maybe that've coached there and like I said, it was, you know, it's, it was a struggle to kind of convince a lot of these kids to come out and play, like play soccer. Most of them didn't want to play organized soccer. I know there, like I said, I saw a couple of their games and there were some talent, like some raw talent there. Uh, there, I think there's coach Yates again. Yeah, I had to go. Yeah, I had to go outside. My uh, internet inside <laughs> shut off on me. Um, it's a it's a good thing it's not last week where it was cold. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if it was last week, I would have just said, "Yeah, I'm I'm not getting back on." <laughs> um, uh, but so Rafa was talking about the, the, the struggles always... from. Pr- go ahead. Yeah, uh, the talent's always been here at Sam Houston. They just weren't aware of everything that went into being eligible to play. And we had a student last year that actually was our first uh, Honduran student that was willing to play and went through the whole process of doing the PAPF and uh, eligibility and academics and everything like that. Um, so it really, it once he did that, he uh, actually got recruited by Paris Junior College up in Northeast Texas. And that opened the door and the eyes of all the rest of these guys that um, showed them a future and a, a way to be able to play soccer and continue getting an education. Um, so they they all came out over the summer and wanted to play in our summer league that we went to and uh, continue. They did their PAPFs. They did all their academics to get caught up uh, credit wise and everything like that. So uh, that one student changed the entire future of Sam Houston soccer. Yeah, you know, I guess the, the, student, the players being inspired by him. Um, going into this season, like what goals did you have with the boys? Like, is it, you know, taking over the program? You know, what, you know, where was your main focus as far as hoping to accomplish this year? With, with, uh, this, so group, with this group that you have right now? This group, we're trying to make the playoffs. Uh, we have a very good chance. We have a, uh, uh, a very good t- team that's capable of doing it. It's just all about coming together and learning to play as a team this year. And if we can do that, then I believe we'll be in the playoffs. Would, would this be the, like I said, if you do guys make the playoffs, would they be the first time Sam Houston has been in the playoffs for boys soccer? As far as, as far as recently or, or, first time ever that uh, soccer boys or girls oh really so that that would mean that would be mean a lot i guess a lot to the program yeah. a lot to the school 
and, and that would be yeah it'll mean a lot to the school a lot of our uh, a lot of our teachers have been here and have, are actually pretty big soccer fans and have wanted the program to turn around and have wanted all these students that have been through the through the school in the past to go out and play because they love coming out and supporting us um they were just anxious for us to, to get these kids on the field and able to play so that they can give us the support that they've been wanting to give us. Yeah. And, and, and as far as like with the makeup of the team, the players, I know we've talking and made some exchange some messages on Twitter, the makeup of the team. I know you mentioned they had some players from, you know, from other parts of, you know, from other countries. How, how, how has that team been able to gel together or to come under as one, you know, going, going into, you know, mm -hmm. season? Uh, well, so we have two students from Taiwan that play. We have students from Guatemala. We have students from Honduras, uh, Mexico, the United States. And uh, we just had to figure out how we're going to communicate. And uh, we finally just said we're all going to use one word at a time to uh, be able to say what we want. And learning that one word has uh, been a, a struggle, but I think we're finally getting to where we can communicate and move the ball the way we need to move it. And I, I know, like looking at, like I said, early on in your schedule, you had some success down there in that Ingleside tournament, and then starting well, um, you know, into the district play. Um, any players that have stood out, have taken or like especially taking leadership roles in your in your in this for this year's team that you can name. Um, number 10, Brian Palacios has really stood out. He's, uh, uh, he's one of the Honduran students that came in. Uh, he's been here. I think this is his second year now, uh, going to school at Sam Houston. And he's really, uh, just kind of taken over the locker room and, uh, been one of the leading, uh, athletes forcing everyone to start communicating and leading the team on the field. And then we have a student from uh, that goes to St. Phillips that's a part of our, our attendance zone that did not play last year, but he, he came over and was working. He watched. Oh, there you are. So, uh, did y'all hear about Diego? Because I wasn't sure when I cut out. Just a little bit of it, because he got cut. Okay. Uh, yeah. Man, I'm sorry. Um, oh no worries. So Diego's a, a <laughs> uh, Diego's a student from St. Phillips that is a part of our attendance zone, and he he's the translator for me. I don't speak Spanish, and 90 percent <laughs> of our team speaks Spanish. So he he's dual language. He translates everything for me on the field. He gets everyone back into positions for me. He's really ste uh, stepped up as a leader, as a junior. So I'll, he'll be back next year for me. Oh, that's good. That's good to have a good leadership back. How, how are the other teams in the SEISD, you know, district responding to you know, your team? I know a lot, you know, the last few years, you know, they, they saw that as a, as a W. 
coming into this season now that you've gone some games under, what, what what's the attitude with, with the other with the other coaches? We get their best game. They they play us hard. They play us physical, and uh, they we don't have any free space to do anything <laughs> at, at the beginning of the year in those tournaments. We had some space to be able to move the ball and take our time doing things, but they've adjusted pretty well, and we we have to adjust and speed our game up again. Uh, looking forward, like beyond, like I said, after you know, hopefully you do guys make the make the playoffs this year. What's the hopefully your like like your ultimate goal now that they've, they've kind of planted the seed there for the program? Do you expect to see more numbers into the program? You know, have you know have more players? What's what's the feeling there at the campus? Or is that exciting? Some of the younger underclassmen, like some freshmen, and maybe even like some eighth graders that feed into Sam Houston, or they're like, hey, or excited, hey, I I can be there too, you know, for you know, play varsity soccer here, you know, for Sam Houston. Yeah, definitely. We uh, I have probably four or five freshmen this year that are going to be they're playing JV for me right now, but. They're going to be uh, key features going forward, and then coming uh, coming up, we have a couple eighth graders that are going to be borderline varsity fresh uh, JV team next year. So we, I uh, I guess to answer your question, I'm next year. I'm expecting the numbers to go up by ten to fifteen athletes, and uh, be able to put out twenty kids on each team. Nice, nice. Uh, and like for like for I know like a lot of like with the other with other teams the high school teams a lot of them do you know a lot of the other club like schools like like maybe Alamo Heights or some of the teams on the north side a lot of them do play club ball. Do you have any players that do play club ball, or is just you know basically raw talent that's just coming coming together and learning together to to become successful on the field? Uh, Diego plays club, and uh, one of my freshmen plays club ball. But he he broke his foot and he can't play. Uh, he'll be out the rest of the year. So, as far as playing over the summer, getting any extra games in, I try to find uh, seven on seven leagues. This last summer, uh, East Central was really nice and put a free league together for us. Uh, us, Harlandale, um, Somerset, a couple other schools around that area went and joined and just created a seven-on-seven league for us to be able to play in together. So that's how we get our games over the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, go ahead here. I was going to say, uh, CJ Trevino uh, asked, you know, and how is the JV program doing uh, along those lines here? Because he mentioned that, uh, you know, there's uh, Sam Houston's always had decent middle school players um, and then, you know, to, to filter up. So mm-hmm. um, obviously the varsity stepped up, but how is, is the, is the depth at the JV program also uh, stepping up as well? So that way, when you have some graduations this year, you can continue to build on it for next year. Yeah, there's definitely some kids on the JV level that are going to fill some space next year. Um, most of the varsity guys will be back next year. So the JV that comes up to play on varsity will be uh, some of my role players. And as far as this season goes, they're doing pretty well. They're learning the game. They're taking the this season to um, learn their role, learn what each position is responsible for, and really just learn the game. Because a lot of them are, are uh, football players that we just need them to f- play a second sport. So soccer, they didn't make the basketball team. So they're learning soccer and getting in shape and getting stronger 
ultimately to get ready for football, but at the same time become more athletic. Right. Yeah, soccer will get on, get on, get them in good shape. Yes, <laughs> it has. And so, as far as like something like recently, what just happened with realignment? How's realignment going to affect you guys? You know, this next two years. You know, who do you anticipate coming into your district? You know, do you see maybe like Alamo Heights or MacArthur? Any, 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 any knowledge about who do you think you'll face the next few uh, years? I, I'm preparing to face Alamo Heights uh, and Harlandale. Uh, but who knows with UIL get one football realignment and soccer realignment could complete be uh, completely different. <laughs> and then for, you know, that's, you know, going into, like I said, going into next year, you know, how, as far as scheduling games, do you looking forward to taking maybe a step notch, maybe going to maybe looking at real tougher opponents, maybe like, Teams like in like in six A or, or you know like well, lots of, some of the teams go to those like the North Texas Showcase and so forth. What are your expectations for us for the boys to from from here after the after this season? Uh, I want I want to play tougher talent. Um, I'll probably go down to that Ingleside tournament again because a lot of our kids um, don't get to go see the beach very often. So I take that opportunity to take them to the beach and uh, give them opportunities that they don't get in. Uh, what, that they wouldn't normally get. Uh, but my second tournament, I'm definitely going to be looking for uh, something similar to what I did this year in Judson with uh, some 6A schools. So you got some help uh, at, or somebody asking if, if you want some assistance here. Uh, uh, CJ Trevino, uh, you know, said his dad's a, a class of 57, uh, played quarterback at Cherokee, um, and like I said here, uh, looks like he played at St. Mary's. He's former uh, TASO and, and NISA ref here, so um, he has his uh, USSFD license here. So sounds like if you know they're, they're the community is willing to step up and help, uh, you know, the, the Sam Houston, especially during the summertime, to you know provide the um, boys and girls hopefully uh, the opportunities to uh, continue to develop the skills there. Yeah, I, I would love any uh, help that I can get. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also uh, talking about maybe like you mentioned about the Sam Houston, you know, how are the parents re responding as far as with the success the students are having, uh, the, the players, the team's having right now? Uh, we're, get, we're getting more uh, parent involvement than what we've had in the past. Uh, definitely seeing more parents reach out and offering to help uh, with meals on game day with um, – picking up kids, taking kids home, transportation, and just showing up to games. We're seeing more parents start showing up to games and supporting the team. Uh, that's, 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 a, that's, that's always a good thing to have, always have the parents. I remember when I, when I coached in Doriel, we'd had uh, always cheering out, letting yell, any, any little thing that we needed except they were there for us, you know, the yes. things. So that's real important for our program. Um, academic wise, you know, how are the players doing? Know that as far as, you know, do you stress a lot on the academics, you know, especially with that player, when your player is going to uh, Paris junior college, you know, as far as recruitment. Yeah. Um, so my, my rule, and this has been my rule since I was with the girls, if they don't have a 75 or higher in every single one of their classes, then Wednesday is mandatory tutoring day because it's right after a game. We don't have another game till Friday. So I send them to, I, I make them log into their uh, grade check and show me their grade so that they physically see it as well. And it's not just something I'm telling them and they go to their teachers and go to tutoring. Uh, 
they have to bring me a note back to practice before I allow them back in practice to force them to get their grades up so that they do maintain that 3.0 GPA to get more scholarship money. That's good. That's good. And then so what do you look for as far as the beginning of the second round of the district play? Well, what do you look forward to? Is this like as far as what are you anticipating as far as the outlook is like, you know, getting into the, you know, trying to put that playoff push? I'm looking forward to the uh, couple rematches with these teams we've played tight, but come away on the wrong end of the scoreboard. I, I'm ready to play them again and show the growth that our guys have had as playing together and communicating. Yeah, because the top two teams have been in the district have been recently been Brackenridge and Lanier. Yes. How, how do you guys, how do you guys stack up with, with those with those two teams? Uh, both teams we lost two nothing. Uh, Brackenridge, we had a couple players suspended for it because of academics and because of uh, cards situation. Um, <laughs> Lanier, we lost two nothing. Uh, so I think we stack up pretty well. We match up. We just got to play as a team. So I look, I look forward to this whole hit, uh, checking out one of those games there and also hopefully get to live stream it too. Um, as far as, you know, being with SAISD, how do you feel about the soccer programs for all the schools? Or do you see any progression? I know a lot of the, maybe like maybe Northeast and Northside do get a lot of the attention, but how do you feel about the kids that are on the soccer programs for, for SAISD? Uh, you know, they, how do you feel about that? Are they getting other improving each day to the level of the soccer is getting a lot better. Oh yeah. It's definitely, I think SAISD can compete with any district in, uh, in the San Antonio area uh, and, and see what happens. Yeah. Cause I saw, I did see, like I said, there were some few teams that made kind of some, some in the past, you know, make some, some deep runs. I know like a, a one year I saw, I did see an Edison team boys a few years ago and also, mm-hmm. A couple of the girls' teams, and, and like I said, there I know is you know some of my club boys that I that I used to coach were from the SAISD school, so I do see there are talents there, and I do see like a big significance, you know, as far as competing and so forth. And like I remember last year, like Jefferson knocking off Churchill in a game, which is yeah, you know, people used to surprise, and and like I said, the gap is starting to close. So, and I, I do anticipate hopefully maybe. Uh, an SAISD to, uh, team making a deep run into the playoffs and hopefully maybe even win it at all as well. Yeah, that would be exciting for the entire district to have a team uh, make a run like that. We we have athletes across every sport from football to basketball to soccer, men's and women's sports, uh, mm-hmm. softball, baseball. Every, every school has athletes, uh, even swimming. Last year we had a student, uh, I believe it was it was either Edison or Jefferson, go to state. Uh, as a as a high diver so even swimming we have students in the district going to state the state level any, any questions harry on your as far as- if if people wanted to come out and watch sam houston is there a field that you guys play on mostly uh most of your games or you know i know north sides it, it bounces around between two you know three or four facilities um you know uh for, you know you know to catch uh sam houston I know you got a game, you know, tomorrow evening against Highlands and then on Saturday, you know, um, at Jefferson or probably at home against Jefferson um, at 1.30. But uh, if they wanted to catch, you know, uh, some Sam Houston uh, you know, boys soccer and girls soccer, could you just lay their back to back? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, is there typically a place that you know, people can go to uh, to uh, watch? Yeah, most of our games the rest of the year are going to be at uh, the sports complex, SAISD Sports Complex, located at Burbank High School. I think we have one or two more games at the Alamo Stadium, mm-hmm. but the rest are going to be at the sports complex. Okay. Uh, go, go ahead, Rafa. No, go ahead. Uh, that was my final question. Um, I guess I just final question as far as um, uh, uh, so like I said, overall as far as the program, um, you know, the, all the accomplishments you may you've done this year, those strides, uh, you know, what's the hopeful outcome out of, out of this thing? You know, this from this year, going you know moving moving on forward. Uh, just. Moving forward, uh, just the buy-in to continue to grow for the students and for uh, the the rest of the community. Um, that we have a, a summer lifting program that we do as soon as school's out, and I would love to see ninety percent of our uh, soccer players at the summer strength and conditioning camp this summer. But coach, we like to say we like to thank you for coming out today. Like I said, uh, you're doing great things there for the program. And and I and I can see the program really, you know, taking those strides and moving forward. And hopefully, like I said, you still have the opportunity to get that district crown. It'll be great to win it, you know, <laughs> win a district that, title. That'd be great, like the icing on the cake. But I think I said one thing. I think would really be sweet is for you guys to get into the playoffs and even maybe even make a playoff run. Winning a playoff game would be, I think that'd be very. I think build that that soccer community there at your campus and, and bring that excitement and, and moving forward on. Because I remember, like for me and coaching, when we won our first playoff game, it just brought our, that community together, and and, and then we just brought, opened the door to success. That that's the goal this year. <laughs> Got to win the first one and then worry about the rest. Yeah. So, but I appreciate y'all having me on. I appreciate uh, all the coverage that y'all are giving Sam Houston and. Uh, the, these kids getting some exposure from y'all. I really appreciate it. No, yeah. go ahead, Rafa. No, I was going to say, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say thank you for taking the time uh, to come on. Like I said, I know, uh, you know, our goal is to kind of spread, you know, the high school soccer scene out, uh, not just, you know, I'm in the north side here by Stevens. I know Rafa um, has experience and, you know, you know, uh, he tours quite a bit around. Uh, you know, catching the games here. So um, it is my goal to, you know, kind of get to us out, uh, you know, go and catch a SAISD uh, game here. So I am going to definitely try to see if I can catch a Sam Houston game uh, maybe this weekend. Well, actually I can't because AJ's got a game. Um, try to catch one of these games on, on a Thursday or, you know, week, weekend weekday game to, to go out and support your program. And, and do thank you for coming on and helping us, uh, you know, spread uh, Sam Houston as well as San Antonio soccer around. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. Uh, and well, I'll, I'll coach. I look forward, you know, to going to the, the games and hopefully we'll be able to live stream it. Now, now I'm doing commentary on the game, so that'll be extra fun. For the <laughs> if, they need, if they need me to do it in Spanish, I can do it in Spanish as well. <laughs> so I need have you to, to do it in Spanish. I'm going to do that. That'll be first. Uh, but um, but, but I, just, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. And like I said, good luck to you guys on the season. And we we just you know look forward to for great things from your from your program, and uh, I think you guys are gonna make make the Sam Houston community proud, and and hopefully we do see you guys in the, in, the, in our bracketology program when we start doing the brackets for the playoffs. So hopefully we do get to see you there. Yes, sir. Thank y'all very much. Appreciate it, Coach. Yep. Y'all have a good night. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good one.
So that was uh, Coach Yates from uh, Sam Houston High School uh, for that here. Uh, just, you can tell he's got the team turned around here. Uh, and the more experience he gets uh, with it, you know, because this is what probably year three, you know, based on what he was saying here. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can uh, continue to, you know, lead the Hurricanes uh, in the right direction there. But uh, your thoughts on Sam Houston and, and uh, Coach Yates at this point here, uh, Rafa? I mean, you, you couldn't be proud of, for that program, especially with all the struggles it's had. And, you know, you know, I know a lot of people, like I said, from people from the coach at SISD and the stories about Sam Houston, you know, basically, you know, not really having any winning seasons and for the hit for Coach Yates to really turn this around and have the players believe. I think, you know, it took just one player to kind of kick the door open and open the eyes for everyone to say, hey, I can succeed here, here at this high school. And, and maybe also take my career on to go play, you know, college, but even though it's junior college, it's still an opportunity to play to that next level. And I think he's got the comp. He's, he's got the you know the players have those that confidence in him and and the belief that you know they can do a lot of great things. And I'm hopeful they do make the playoffs. And you know, and we could say we could see them on our bracketology you know episodes when we do that later on in, in March. So I expect great things. And like I said, the program is, is going to be one to look out for the next few years. Yeah, it sounds like, and even this year, it's um you know I was you know. You know, I know it's just going through here, but to me, you know, if you look at their, you know, where they're at in standings, you know, just their goals for, goals against, um, it sounds like that, you know, they are a very fun watch uh, to do, you know, as, you know, they put the ball, you know, in the net uh, for it here, although, you know, going against Lanier, going against Brackenridge, uh, they were shut out, you know, shut out. But before that here, you know, they, they were scoring multiple goals. Um you know, on, you know, on the, on the teams that they faced here. So, um, you know, you know, they've, be, they've beat some solid programs, uh, you know, uh, already this year, Wag, uh, Wagner, Marshall, um, uh, you know, for that here, beat Edison, Memorial, um, Burbank. Uh, they did have, it looks like here, a tough loss against, uh, you know, uh, John F. Kennedy this past uh, week here, but, uh, it's a team to look out for here. Um, and, and like I said here, I'm, I'm super excited uh, for that here. So turning the page from Sam Houston to uh, where was Rafa this week? <laughs> uh, so finally did some brainstorming, got got the Power 15 set, sit up a little late, waiting for all the results. And so here in my hotel room, so I got, so I got it all set. Um, so I was waiting for one little uh, score to came in and finally came in close to midnight. So I was able to finish finish up the the, the power fifteen. So and I'm sure everybody's uh, out there is uh, waiting to see who's gone up and who's gone down, and and we, we can discuss uh, as far as some, some of the teams as far as you know making that little surge. And we did there were, I did go to some games this past week. Uh, uh, to mention, I did go to the Ian's Cup with Coach Cano. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to thank for for the the Ian's Cup Foundation. You know that you know you know great you know great setup they did and. It's a, for a great cause, and hopefully, like I said, they raised enough money, you know, for you know for that foundation. And uh, two exciting, uh, two exciting games back to back, the boys and the girls. Uh, I did live stream both games. My first ever commentary for both. So hopefully, I did a picture of the games. And um, it was it was a great contest. Like I said, for the boys, the Reagan boys game that was a great game for them. 
saw a lot of things that uh, you know from that team and then the great and then the girls game that was even more exciting uh came down close to the almost towards the end of the game it was a back and forth game and so we got we got to see four quality you know, uh, teams in that di- that that district 28 6a is just is just deep with with talent and it's going to be a shame that a couple of these teams may not make the playoffs which is you know just just how how difficult it is so let's start out with the uh, Rafa's, uh, you know, uh, power, you know, girls' power rankings here. Uh, we'll go through this here. Um, I can tell you that only one team dropped out, and that was Lee. Uh, your thoughts on Lee dropping out? Yeah, they had a couple rough, some rough games. Um, just kind of looking over, you know, you know the week. Um, they had a couple tough losses in their district play, but that's that's twenty eight six a for as far as the girls team. I think there's like six. It's a probably six seven team deep district that can make the playoffs or even win the district title. Uh, so they had a couple losses to drop them out of the. But I'm sure they'll bounce back and hopefully they can get some quality wins and they can get back into the top fifteen. And I know it didn't prep you for this here, um, but I, I know you've got it just from some of the conversations that we've had earlier. Any honorable mentions or teams that are knocking on the uh, door to get into the the top fifteen for uh, um, you know you know for you know for the ladies? I actually have a, like a log jam for honorable mention. I have about five about five teams, <laughs> and they're like right there back to back. Um, some honorable mentions I'm going to give are like San Antonio Christian. Uh, uh, another one that uh, did, needed to look out for um, Drippy Springs better look out for this team because this team's won four games in a row. They're, they're a little on a hot streak, which is New Braunfels Canyon. Don't take those girls lightly uh, when they when they match up with them. I think they can give Drippy Springs a little run for their money, so don't sleep on them. Another team that's coming up is uh, the Jeffersons from SAIZ, Jefferson Girls. They're, they're coming up. Same thing with Sybil Steel. And also the new, the new Braunfels Lady Unicorns. So those are all my honorable mentions this week. All right. So let's uh, get to number 15 uh, from the north side, Taft Lady Raiders. Yeah, Taft, uh, they had a run through the gauntlet this week. Uh, they went one, the last three games, they went one, 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 and one. Uh, uh, lost to Brennan, which uh, right now is leading the district, and then they had a, a good a tie with with O'Connor, who was who's the second in district. But uh, don't don't sleep on Taft. Like I said, on this, once the second round of the district play comes around, you know they can turn around and you know they played those two those two teams close. Mm-hmm. Don't count them out as far as the, the as far as contention to the district title. Number fourteen, uh, the Bernie Greyhounds. Yeah, the Bernie's uh, they had a drop and uh, they had a rough five spots. Yeah. Yeah, they had a rough week. They had two ties, and then last night they were upset by Davenport, uh, one of the newest programs. You know, I know they're for varsity players. They're still young, and that's a big win for Davenport. You know, uh, to knock off a, one of the premier programs for Foy. Uh, hopefully, like I said, Bernie will come back, bounce back from this. I still anticipate them to get into the playoffs and make them deep run again this year. Speaking of Davenport, they are uh, a newly uh, – sorry, I went one far to uh, the right side here. Uh, they are number 13 on the list, uh, the Como Davenport Wolves here. Uh, so I know you mentioned that they, uh, in your mind, kind of upset uh, the Bernie Greyhounds, uh, but uh, 
what fits them into number 13 edge opening uh you know taft and, and bernie uh, now they're 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 a legitimate team to win that district title to contend against the bernie girls and also i think they have wimberly in there and that in there and also uh bandera uh but this was a huge win for davenport for, especially for their program uh so they're going to be a dangerous team into the playoffs don't you know don't sleep on them uh they can like i said they could also you know get into you know like i said into the regional round and maybe even represent four a you know region four for four a this year moving on uh we got southwest dragons at number 12 here uh they they uh, moved up from 15 to 12 uh, this week Mm-hmm. Uh, Southwest have won <coughs> three in a row, and actually they're playing tonight at Forestville. So they are favored to win that game. So I, I see them winning their, on, on their fourth in a row. Um, solid program. They're in control of that uh, 20, 29-5A. Uh, they're going to they're gonna have a showdown pretty soon, I think, with Medina Valley. That's going to probably be the term who wins the district championship. Number 11 is the Bernie champion, Bernie champion um, Chargers, uh, who unfortunately dropped four slots uh, this week. Yeah, after a tough loss with Alamo Heights, the, but they've been able to bounce back. Uh, the one three in a row, like I said, the only two losses in district play have been from Alamo Heights and the defending 5A state challenge Dripping Springs. Uh, you know, coming in, uh, hopefully in the second round, like I said, I, th- I think Bernie will get, uh, I think Bernie can get that home win against Alamo Heights and. I know they have to make that tough trip to Dripping Springs, and hopefully they can come out, you know, with with a, with a positive result out of that, and maybe even knock, like said, return the favor and knock them off at their at their place. At number ten, uh, the Madison Mavericks uh, move up uh, two spots from twelve to ten. Uh, Madison's moving up. Like I said, they had a good week. That was three games. Uh, they went two zero and one, two wins on a tie. Uh, like I said, twenty eight six A is just a logjam of fuel for. Of playoff teams and uh, they're in contention of getting into the playoffs. Number nine, Alamo Heights. Uh, Alamo Heights dropped uh, from six to nine this week. Here, uh, yeah, it sounds like they had a semi-tough week. Yeah, that's what I said. They did have a loss this week, but they had did two wins. But like I said, they're still like I said. I I still anticipate them making into the you know getting to the playoffs. Um, you know, just you know. Being in that district with Dripping Springs, like I said, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. It's like same similar to twenty eight six A. You have also have like a jot log gem of four or five teams that you know are vying for that title. But I think Dripping Springs is probably just a bit a tad a bit ahead of everyone. But like I said, maybe Alamo Heights can find a way to knock them off when they go up there. At number eight it, from Taps is uh, JPG. Uh, you know, uh, they uh, uh, climbed up to number eight from 10 from uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, they've been idle, but still, like I said, they still have a great record. Uh, currently, they're at 10 and two. So uh, I uh, I think they're going to restart, I think, uh, playing. I think they have a couple games left coming up this week to finish off their tap season and then they're gonna start, start the playoffs. So, so hopefully they'll make another deep playoff run like they did last year. So at number seven, as one of the early season favorites, uh, Reagan, uh, the Lady Rattlers, uh, dropped uh, five slots this week here, and, and I know they're in you know the you know the the toughest division I think at least locally here. But uh, your thoughts on the on the Reagan Rattlers uh, at seven? 
Yeah, I mean, what can you say about 286 is the group of death. <laughs> this is a group of death for Region 4. Um, they had, like I said, this week, you know, they had, um, you know, uh, I went to the Saturday. Like I said, they, they've gone 2-1-1 one, and one the last four games. Uh, they did tie uh, Clark, which is real tough, one of the favorites for the, the district. Uh, they had a tough loss this Saturday against the Johnson Lady Jaguars. Uh, not close to like within the last 10 minutes, they, they conceded a second goal. It was back and forth. They were down, but they came back. Um, but I think they'll bounce back. Like I said, they're still they're still in the hunt to win that district title. So I think they'll bounce back for the second round of the district play. At number six, uh, speaking of those Johnson Jaguars, uh, uh, they made a big jump up. Uh, they were outside the top ten uh, last week, and now they're at number six. Yeah, Johnson Jaguars, the Lady Jaguars, they're making a run. They're they're peaking at the right time. They. They're on a winning streak. They won the last three games, and you know since since the last rankings, and they've done an excellent job. That that win against Reagan is a was a big uplift for that program, and uh, and like I said, now they're a legitimate contender for for the twenty eight six eight title. At number five, also moving up three slots, uh, the Clark Cougars. Yeah, Clark was kind of like a sleeper team, and like I said, they've done well too, and. Uh, the last four games, like I said, they, they've gone 3 0 and 1. They did have a tie with Reagan. As you can see, I said, two heavyweights going after, but the last three, they've had three convincing wins. And like I said, between Clark, Johnson, and Reagan, those are probably those three are going to be fighting out for that district crown. You know, you can print Mix and Madison too. You know, they may they may have a say as well. But right now, I'm going to give the edge right now the edge to Clark. They're they're playing great. And then I'm looking forward to when they play uh, Johnson so that hopefully we get to see that game pretty soon. And then number four is going to be your highest-rated TAPS team, Antonian. They also, uh, I believe, lead uh, the San Antonio area in wins at 13. At 13, 3, and 2, you know, uh, there's a couple other teams with 12 or three teams looking at here at the list at 12. But uh, Antonian at 13 wins. They played a tough schedule at number four uh, and the highest-rated TAPS team um, for the ladies. Uh, the Lady Apaches, like I said, they did um, just doing some research. I know they they had to play they had to play a game last night. I didn't get the results just yet. I make sure. I know they were playing in Carnegie Ward. Um, I know they played them the last the last the game previous to that, and they did win that game. You know, no problem at all. And I'm sure they probably took care of business last night. Hopefully, they'll update that score. But like I said, they're one of the top teams in taps and. Like I said, they're going to try to make another legitimate run to get into the, getting that stat, the TAP state title. At number three, uh, Northside School, the O'Connor Panthers, uh, the Lady Panthers. Yeah, O'Connor, like I said, they've been a little in a dogfight with with Brennan and Taff. And this the last four games for O'Connor, they've gone 2-0-2 with two ties, and two, like a two wins and two ties. And uh and those two ties have been with with Brennan and with then also with um with uh with Taft. So uh, that just sort of tells you that twenty nine six is is another tough district too. You got three quality teams, and those are the three state teams last year that were in the dogfight for the district title. Mm-hmm. They came to the last to the last game of the season, and they could happen. This could happen again. This you know for this year. So like I said, O'Connor, like I said, they like I said, there's a lot of good things. They've been playing well. I did get to see them play a few weeks ago against Marshall. Lots of great talent. They know how to touch the ball. 
like I said, they can make it. Like I said, I can see them making another a, a deep run in the playoffs, and then for them, that's going to take them through the valley, which I don't really see any valley teams competing against them. And then at number two, Brennan, who jumped uh, O'Connor in the rankings. Uh, yeah, Bre- so you got Northside uh, at two and three here. Uh, you know, uh, for that here. Yeah, Brennan, same thing. He's a dog fighting with those other, with the other two. Uh, the last four games, they've gone three zero and one. With that one tie with with, with O'Connor, uh, I, I do anticipate them making another deep run like they did last year. Um, like I said, hopefully I'll get out get a chance to go see see them play pretty soon. And uh, like I said, it's I believe that district title is going to come down probably to the last couple of games between those three teams. And outside of Dripping Springs, which uh, you know is outside of our area, your number one team. Uh, and I think it's been number one for a while, the, the Smithson Valley uh, Rangers here, uh, the Lady Rangers. So uh, your thoughts on them? They're 12-1 and one on the season and seem to be uh, putting people away. Yeah, ever since that one shocking loss against O'Connor, they've, been, they've won 12 in a row. And they've, they've, they've pretty put it together. Um, you know, they've, they've, done, they've taken care of business and already in district play. I just don't see anybody in their district – Really challenging them. Um, we'll see what you know. Like I said once they, once the playoffs come in, we'll see what what Simpson Valley can do. Uh, they are going to be like I said matching up with the with the Northeast teams for the for the playoffs. You know, we could see them versus a you know a Madison. That'd be a great game. It could be with Reagan. That'd or, be one versus four, right? Yeah, one versus four, or it could. I mean, it could be a Reagan. It could even be you know it could be a Clark or, or a Johnson. So. But I think I think Spencer Valley has been very consistent. Like I said, they, they have a lot of talent. They touch the ball well. They have a great attack. Their defense does you know communicate well in the back. So that they're my number one team right now, um, and I expect them to, you know to hopefully make a, a run you know, into the playoffs coming in this year. So moving to the boys' side here, um, just to give a heads up here. Uh, dropping out was Churchill and Antonian. Any uh, comments on either one of those programs? Yeah, they've had they kind of hit a little brick wall. <laughs> Ran into a couple opponents, um, uh, especially Antonian. They, uh, I thought Antonian was this was the year to, to knock off Central Catholic, and they've actually lost they lost the season series with them. Yeah, and so I think Central Catholic has kind of bounced back from that rough start. And they might be peaking at the right time. I know the record doesn't show it, but I think the district director does, though. Yeah, the district director does. But I think those games that they lost early on to some of real tough opponents are also state rank is going to help them, you know, going into the TAPS playoffs. And then, you know, don't sleep on them. Like I said, slowly or surely, they're, like I said, they're getting everything, everything's coming to peak, you know, together. And, I, I like I said, I anticipate them making a run, and hopefully they can they gonna pull it off and, and you know and, and get that state title once again. Uh, any comments on Churchill? Churchill, like I said, they started out hot and they lost three in the row, but they lost to three quality teams. Um, no shame on that because twenty eight six eight is like I said, it's a beast of a district. It comes to boys boys and girls soccer there. Um, hopefully they'll like they lost a heartbreaker last night to Reagan one zero the kind of come one of the finals not a final second goal but you know kind of the final moments of the game um, but hopefully they, they can bounce back and still be in contention again in the playoffs 
So just like with the girls, uh, the on the verge of sneaking into the Power 15, I know you kind of talked a little bit Central Catholic. Are they close? Or I know the record's a struggle, but they've you know they've played top talent. Uh, you know who who would be on uh, knocking on the door for the boys? They're they're coming along. They're they're within they're within they're, that little strike distance a bit. Um, I have other teams like for example Harlandale. Uh, Harlandale's they're actually nine four and two right now. I uh, have Stevens. Stevens has been playing well. They're at nine and four. I know they made the playoffs last year, and you know, like I said, I think they have a, a good opportunity to getting that that fourth, that third or fourth place spot for for, for the for their district. And then um, some that have taken the tumbles have been Warren. They started out hot, but they lost four, they've lost four in a row. Uh, hopefully they'll bounce back. And then, like I mentioned with Coach Yates and Hat Sam Houston, I know they lost a tough one last night, but they're. And then you know, within that distance and getting hopefully cracking the top 15. So speaking of the top 15, let's see here at number 15 is uh, San Antonio Christian. Last week they were non-rated at uh, they weren't in the in the power 15. Uh, so far they're 11, two and one. So thoughts on uh, SA Christian? Well, they're in the same conf- uh, same district with uh, Central Catholic, and I think they already met once and they had a loss with them. Um, I know they still have to play them one more time, and hopefully, like I said, San Antonio Christian will learn from that first game and see if they can knock off um, Central Catholic. They at least get a piece of that that tap the, their Taps District title. At number fourteen, uh, up one from last week, uh, the Lavernia Bears. Uh, Lavernia, four eight four eight team. They they had a uh, last four games have done well. They want they've gone three zero and one. Um, they're the one of the favorites to win their di- for their district. Um, so keep an eye on them. That's a look us up and rising program. Uh, they had a good good year last year. This year they're really t- starting to take that next step. So be on lookout for the Bears. You know, come, winning that district, trying to make it making a run in the four A. At number fifteen, the O'Connor Panthers on the boys' side here. Last week they were uh, non-rated, uh, not rated. Uh, so far eight three and one. Yeah, they they're catching out. They're starting to kind of catch fire a little bit. I know they had a a tough loss with Harlan, um, but they've won after after that loss to Harlan. They won four in a row, and so they're right now they're eight three and one. Uh, like I said, they're more likely one of the one of the favorites to make the playoffs for twenty nine six A. At number twelve, we have uh, Davenport Wolves. Uh, so both the boys and the girls are in the uh, Rafa Power Fifteen. Yeah, Davenport. What can you say there? I know they lost a heartbreaker yesterday, uh, but like I said, they've they've gone three and one the last four games, so they're they're at nine two and two and one. Uh, I do see uh, Davenport make like I said, getting there. They're getting one of the four spots for the playoffs in four A. And then a rival to uh, Sam Houston at number eleven, the Brackenridge Eagles. Uh, they're up two at seven and one according to the records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're seven one. They're at currently in I think second place. I think in the district play where they're tied with. I think they're. I think they might be tied with Lanier. Uh, they didn't play this week because of the because of the weather. I know they had some games postponed, but they should be playing. I think actually they have a big game this Friday, and that's actually against Lanier. So they're going to be playing at I think at Alamo Stadium at five thirty. So you have a chance. That's probably going to be for that district for the for the SISD district. That's probably going to be one of the for the district title right there. Even though they're going to play again, but this, whoever wins this game is probably going to take control of the district. Uh, 
And then uh, next would be the Johnson Jaguars. Uh, they fell three spots uh, from seven to ten. Uh, nine and four record. Your thought? Uh, this last three games have gone two and one. They they had a. Uh, I was there for the Yid Cup for Saturday. I was really looking forward to that game because I've seen Johnson play, and I was like, well, okay, this is this is going to be a bar burner of a game against Reagan. And they did take a lead off a of PK, but then Reagan scored back and got two goals in the first two minutes of game. And basically, it was it was it was tight in the beginning, but then uh, somehow Reagan turned on the juice and and they really they really smothered the Johnson defense. And you know their their press really confused them and and they just weren't, weren't able to get anything going on offense um they just couldn't they, they were just suffocated but i think i think johnson will learn from this from this loss the, i think they'll be all right like i said they're still like i said i think they're in the end they're going to make the playoffs and hopefully like i said when the second round the, the second time they played reagan i think hopefully they can make the make the adjustments and 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 avenge that loss and, and get a win and hopefully they can get a better seed Number nine, the Lanier Volks, uh, twelve and two on the year. They're they're up two spots. They're finally in the top ten. Um, to me, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, Lanier's kind of like Southwest a couple of years ago, where the records there, but uh, you know, in the Rafa rankings, uh, not climbing as fast as I would personally like. And I know they got a big game coming up against Brackenridge, as you talked about here. Uh, so if either Brackenridge or Lanier, can you see them kind of making a little bit further jump or? Uh, yeah, I think they can. Because depending on the top set, the top eight teams, if they start knocking knocking off each other and they can sneak up in there. Uh, but Lanier, Lanier's done, had a, has had a great season. Um, like I said, they won the district title last year. Uh, uh, they they have a, you know, a good opportunity to do it again. Uh, what I hear, they have two quality forwards from from what some of the coaches from from SIZ have told me, and I think Friday nights, Friday's game at five thirty, they're five thirty at Alamo Stadium. It's going to be a great game, and if you have a chance, uh, hopefully I can make it down once I'm done here in Austin. I can make my way down there, so I have my equipment, so I go, hopefully I can go maybe to even live stream that game. Um, it's just like I said, it's going to be a great game this coming up. But I think, like I said, I'm going to give the edge to Lanier. I think on this game. Um, like I said, their forwards have been dynamite, and uh, but like I said, it, it, don't be don't be they're a sleeper team, kind of like what you mentioned about Southwest. I think slowly, surely, that they're going to make their way up. Number eight, uh, Alamo Heights. Um, they dropped a little bit this week, uh, three spots from five to eight. Uh, sounds like they had a little bit of a rough week the, the last two weeks here. Yeah, they had, they had a loss at at Dripping Springs. Uh, uh, as far as with the Drippy Strings boys, they kind of like they were like a mirror image of the girls. I mean, I know they didn't get to the state tournament last year, but they, you know, like I said, you know, they took care of business against Alamo Heights. But like I said, Alamo Heights did bounce back yesterday. So the, uh, the last four games they've gone three and one. Um, I see them being probably the runner up to 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 rich, the, the Drippy Strings boys, and hopefully, like I said, Alamo Heights would get. You know, I know they had a first round loss last like last year in the playoffs. Hopefully they can, you know, they can bounce back and 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 move forward and make a deep run, and maybe even get, hopefully meet up again with Drippy Springs in like a, like a regional quarterfinal. At number seven is the Independent Cornerstone uh, Warriors. Uh, you know they have the most wins in the San Antonio area at thirteen two and one. 
Uh, they did move up a spot here. So your thoughts on the Warriors? Yeah, they had one. They did win a game. I think it was last week, uh, and there was one game pending against a team from Austin. They haven't put the result in yet. Hopefully, we'll get to see that soon, so that could determine where, where they're going to be at the following week. Uh, I do know they have a couple of games left, and they're on the, they run they play an independent schedule, so so it's a good opportunity for Cornerstone to finish strong. You know, you can get up to 15 wins, and if they can get to 15 wins, is that you call that a real successful season for that for that program? But no playoffs, right? Because uh, they're not in taps or or UIL or SBC, yeah. At number six, uh, the Bernie Greyhounds, they made a big jump uh, up four. Yeah, Bernie, the last three games, they've won three in a row. Um, so looking at their schedule, some of the teams they beat, uh, th this team's on a mission to repeat. Uh, uh, some of the, like I said, I, it's going to be tough for some of, some of these 4A teams that compete with Bernie. I know they, had a, they went to the Alamo Heights tournament. They played some quality teams. I know they lost a couple games, but – that's what's 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 about about playing quality opponents in those tournaments is to get you prepared for district play and also the playoffs. So uh, I can see Bernick moving up a little bit more into the top five if they can keep on you know keep on winning games in their district play. Number five, uh, moving up one, uh, Lee Volunteers. So Lee is creeping up uh, the uh, power rankings. I'm seeing again. Yeah, they this week this past four games. They've gone three zero and one. Um, I was a little surprised with that tie against Brandeis. Uh, I know Brandeis has done well. You know they've 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 been a legitimate team. Hopefully they'll maybe I mean, they could be coming up soon into the power rankings. But you know Lee's kind of after a rocky start. They're starting to get everything piece everything together. Um, I know they had a tie with Reagan, so they're still uh, you know up there in the top two as far as the district you know for the for the district title with Reagan. Um, so I think it's going to come down to those two teams of who wins the district title. But uh, don't sleep on Lee. Like I said, they're now getting everything together. And like I say, who's to say they can they can make another repeat repeat and then champs and then champs. Yeah, yeah, until you beat the, you know it's like what Rick Flair says: in order to beat the man, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. At number four, uh, the Reagan Rattlers. Uh, yeah. They dropped one spot this week here. Yeah, they had a tie too as well this week. Um, but they have they've like said, out of the four games they've gone three three zero and one. Like I said, they're kind of the same situation with with, with Lee. Uh, like I said, they're in contention for that district title. But they had a big win on Saturday in the Ian's Cup. Um, some incredible goals scored. Uh, you know, one other offer free kick and a couple other plays. Very suffocating offense. Um, and I think they took a page off of Marcina getting the, the, that high press, <laughs> and and it just and it gave it, like I said it gave a lot of problems to Johnson. Johnson cannot muster, you know, uh, any type of rhythm to get the ball up the field to to, you know, to score. And 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 like I said, Coach Real's got Reagan clicking at the right time, and you know, like I said, they're going to be a very dangerous team um, going into the playoffs. So you know, I. I would not want to play them, especially the style of play they've been playing. So, like I said, Reagan's are not this week are, is my number four team. Number three, uh, Smithson Valley Rangers. Uh, so both the boys and the girls are in the top three in your power rankings. Yeah, the boys of Smithson Valley they've bounced back from that that bad loss that they had with Reagan, but they've mustered up some some 
some multiple wins, and that's why they've kind of overtaken as far as they've been consistent with the results. So uh, for, with them, you know, there should be – are going to be the favorites to win the 27-6-8. I just don't see anyone really challenging them. Um, I know they had a real – they had a good game with with Clemens. I know Clemens was one, the one the district title last year, but the, like I said, the favorite is going to be the Swinson Valley Rangers. And who's to say, you know, you know, going into the playoffs, you know, you know, they'll probably play one of the, the number four seed in, in, in for that Austin, you know, from uh, the Northeast District, which could be, um, you know, it could be Brandeis. It can even be Johnson mm-hmm. or it can be possibly, I forgot, I'm trying to think who else, maybe even Roosevelt, you know. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see where those who they'll play towards the, towards the end of March. Number two. Southwest Dragons. I know they got a game tonight, and I know you uh, last week that their head coach moved on to um, Texas A&M San Antonio. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, they're nine one and one. Uh, you know, like I said, here we got to see the result tonight. But uh, so far, they're holding steady at number two. Yeah, I don't see anyone taking beating them, and you know, even though they had a coaching change, uh, I don't see anyone beating them in, in twenty nine five A. They're they're just the cream of the crop of that district, and uh, they're they're in good hands. I know because I did talk to Coach Hadami over the weekend, and um, he mentioned that, that he's the assistant coach is taking over the program, and and they said that you know the boys are familiar with the system. I'm, they're keeping the same system, and I don't, I don't see them missing the beat. And hopefully, like I said, they, they can get that break off that valley curse and knock off some of those valley teams and finally break through and get into that into that regional final, and hopefully even to the to the state tournament. So before we get to number one, um, changing of the coaches during the season. Obviously, the district that they're in, you mentioned that it shouldn't really change anything. Um, come playoff times, is that where you think that that could that change could come up, or you think yeah. just because they have the system and it's be, it's you know they're going to continue the system? The, yeah, because it, it, it um, you know when. When you've had a coach like it's for like for instance like Coach Adam has been with him for five years, you know he has different ways of making decisions on the pitch, you know, or just making adjustments during the games, especially like in a playoff game. When as an assistant coach, you really don't have that, um, you know, really that say, you know, unless you're in a kind of unique situation. Like when I was, I had some say as far as personnel. Um, and, and and that may come into a factor because that coach hasn't really been into that situation as far as making the decision making. Um, I've been in that situation. I remember my head coach, he had to sit out a playoff game. So I had to step up and coach that game. And then it was against the defending seat champs uh, at the time. And I mean, I mean, we almost we almost locked them off. We, we just fell short. But uh, but like I said, everyone has a different way of making decisions. But I th- I think. If the boys have confidence in them, I think they'll be fine. But it, it could come down to that as far as, you know, making that crucial decision or crucial adjustment to win that game. But like I said, I think I think Southwest will be all right. And I think and hopefully, like I said, they can get through and finally crack into that state tournament. So number one, uh, I'm going to show it here in a second, but, I, you know, I'm going to ask you this question here. Uh, Smithson's Valley is 13 and one. Your number one team, Harlan, is 11 and two. Uh, is there a huge difference between Harlan and Smithson Valley? Is it just that you know the, the 
the level of districts as far as the depth of the district, as far as why, you know, Harlan is number one and Smithland Valley is number three. Uh, just kind of, you know, what's your thoughts on on that spot? Obviously, Southwest, we know that they're in a, a somewhat weaker division uh, for that here, you know, and that's why they're probably not at the top spot compared to Harlan. I, I know that, you know, with no. discussions with you. I think the big thing is that big loss that Simpson Valley had with Reagan, that 5 nothing okay. loss. And Harlan, I know they have the two losses, but those were against state-ranked teams, and they were very close. And, and But also Harlan won that Alamo Heights tournament, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure – and I know Simpson Valley won their home tournament. But Harlan played some really tough teams. And, that I mean, they knocked off Bernie, uh, Bernie High, which is the 4A champ. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm giving the edge to Harlan. They've been the most really kind of consistent play as far as, you know, that team really is really gelled. And I think, you know, hopefully they learn from last year's loss against Lake Travis. And and I think if they face them again, I think this time, you know, hopefully Harlan gets them to play down here in San Antonio. I think Harlan beats them this this time around. I, I think that they have the tool, the players, you know, the tools that, to beat Lake Travis, you know, this 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 year and hopefully take that next step in getting to that regional final. So I know you're coming back uh, from Austin this this weekend here. Uh, any plans? I know AJ club season starts uh, this weekend uh, at least for you know for you know the club that AJ plays uh, you know for that here. So thoughts on where Rafa is going to be this weekend? Any matches that, you know to go out and see? If I could make it on time. Um... From Austin, I'm gonna hopefully see, check out that Breckenridge uh, Lanier game. Hopefully, I can live stream that game, and then Monday I'll leave again. I'm actually heading towards the border. Uh, Tuesday I will be in Laredo, and I might be able to see a Laredo game, and it might involve my former alma mater team <laughs> that I used to coach, <laughs> which probably won't be cheering them. <laughs> um, I'll be probably sitting on the other side, <laughs> on the home side with the other team in Laredo. Um, I'm just to check out. I'm gonna say I'll probably go to go check out to see what, you know, especially like for the North Side teams. You know, they they match. They're gonna they're gonna play against the teams from 36A. Uh, last night I did watch a live stream of Dorio and Loretta United. Dorio was winning, then they gave up a goal and they end up losing on penalty kicks. And I, I think Loretta United is kind of the the top team in District 36A. Uh, so they're gonna they should be the one seed. So they may match up with uh, possibly maybe like like a like a Stevens or a Taft, you know, uh, the rest of the bunch of the 36 day, you know, you have tough teams like you have an Alexander. You know I mean, you have Del Rio. Uh, uh, United South might have taken a hit this year as far as maybe graduation. Um, I know they're starting a little bit. So maybe Nick, uh, Laredo Nixon may come in, also LBJ. So it, it's not, those are not going to be gimme games when it comes to the first round playoffs for the, for the 29-6-18. Harlan, I think that they can take care of business. But the, uh, maybe even O'Connor, but the other two, the third and the fourth seed, may have a little, a little tougher, a little more challenge. Tough, yeah, challenge because, and it really, like I said, I would probably favor like a Loretta United school probably over the fourth seed for the for NIC because I did get to see them play and they can touch the ball and they have a good a good attack coming up. But, but I did see some weaknesses. If you could exploit some of those weaknesses, I think I think you know who's to say that fourth seed can't knock off knock them off in the playoffs. And I know we're kind of getting, you know, at our end time here, but uh, 
UIL came out with uh, realignments for what basketball and football. Anything that stood out to you? I don't know if that you know you, you can tell me if that really is kind of the foreshadowing of what's going to happen for you know for the soccer here, or mm-hmm. you know is it just you know hey it's it's fun to talk about for the day, but you know soccer is a little bit different story. It's it's going to be a little foreshadow because if you look at the volleyball and basketball, well particularly six A six A for basketball that's going to be your soccer districts. Now for five A maybe a little bit different, and I know, I know for football we had some some San Antonio area teams in, in Region Three, which probably not it's not going to happen for soccer. They're going to be back in Region Four. Um, the significant one for Region for Region Four for five A, you know, Drippy Springs for boys and girls are moving up to six A. So who's going to be the clear clip favorite, you know, coming into next year? Um, I anticipate like Coach Age mentioned. Alamo Heights is probably going to be in that that SAISD district with maybe even MacArthur, maybe not. We don't know yet. Um, uh, we have other, you know, hopefully maybe Bernie Champion makes bounces back from this year. I did see as a scenario we could see Liberty Hill, which is one of the top teams in Austin, could be in Region Four. You know, probably be in Region Four, maybe be a contender to win that region. And then, you know, like I said, you still have Southwest, but Southwest may have to go through the to the the SA and the Austin side is then going south, so it's it's a wide open. And then there's some teams in the valley that drop from six A to five A, like White is Lincoln. Uh, you had an Edinburgh team that dropped down. So it's five A. I can see is going to be more competitive when it comes to soccer for the boys and the girls. Six A is kind of kind of stay the same a little bit, um, and the only difference is Marshall's not moving over possibly to that northeast mm-hmm. district starting next year. Um, and then also the some of the changes some of that some I think with District 29 5A uh, 6A uh, some of the makeup there will be a couple of new teams there but overall like, and then 4A we'll still see what's going to happen there you know because there are some you know there are some te- high schools that are probably going to be introducing their new high school uh, high school soccer programs so we'll find out more and more as far as later on into the spring of who is going to be in what district and so forth. So season's getting uh, closer. I think we're what midway through the district play at this point. I know it goes Almost fast. It goes fast and furry. I know uh, teams are playing two, three games a week. I wish it, you know they'd spread the season out a little bit longer uh, along those lines here. But uh, through there, any final thoughts that you got before we get out of here? Yeah, I know you mentioned something about the UIL Champions League or the Superliga, <laughs> <laughs> the UIL Superliga. Um, as far as promotion, promotion or regulation in the UIL, yeah, our uh, what was it, lethal? Yeah, uh, lethal enforcer, uh, you know, enforcer, you know, lethal soccer. He's a he's a great follow uh, on it here, but uh, um, he put out a, a debate of the day. Uh, UIL needs competitive balance, and this is evidently from a five A uh, Austin area coach. Um, all successful 4A, 5 simpler schools with high club demographics underneath the enrollment cutoff send them to 6A and send struggling schools down a class. So, you know, for Champions League, Pro Rail, along those lines here, I personally, there's too much change. Um, like, you know, you could have a, a club that has a Jose Gallegos in their program that elevates the program. He graduates, then it comes down to the mid pack and another team steps up, you know, for the here. So I just don't know how you do the, 
you know, the pro rel along those lines, unless you do it kind of, you know, split the seasons up kind of what, you know, where Jose went in Denmark, mm -hmm. where, you know, everybody plays each other, you know, the, you know, there's a home and away or, you know, along those lines here for the first half. And then as you get towards the end of the season, it, that's where you see the, the divide between, you know, you'll put the top teams in, you know, division one, like they do football, the bottom teams down in division two, uh, along those lines. That's the only way that I could see it being done. Cause I know you and coach Cano, you know, both hinted at, you know, the regions, the, you know, the, the cost of travel, you know, you know, how ge geograph you know, geography, how, you know, you know, if you have a real, you know, dominant team out in El Paso, you know, you know, you're not going to put them in Dallas or in San Antonio, you know, how, how that works. So I thought it's interesting. I just don't think it's realistic yeah. in, in my opinion. Especially like in West Texas, like, let's say like, like I know some of the top programs over there, like, like Amarillo High has got a great soccer program. You know, they're, they're 5A. Um, you know, let's say you, you promote them to 6A and they have a district game in, at El Paso East Lake High School. <laughs> and that's a five-hour drive for a district play. So I don't think that's going to happen. And, I mean, if you are going to maybe kind of uh, make things fair, if you'd maybe take the football route, if you do, do like D1 and D2, then then maybe. But then, then you're kind of like, well – now you're going to have like a bunch of state champions like you do in football. And you don't want to – here you're, you just want to have three state champions, 4A, 5A, 6A. That's it. You don't want to have a 4A division. Unless you're going to do a Super Copa style, okay, 4A Division One champ versus the 4A Division Two champ, and then they play against each other the following week for the Super Copa, and you're the, you're the ultimate champion of the state of Texas for that for that division. I mean, I mean, you could do that. I mean, if you're, if you're going to want to balance things out, and then if whoever gets promoted, well, guess what? If you're you, you make the playoffs, guess what? You get promoted. If you don't make the playoffs, you get you get regulated. You get uh, relegated down. But I, I don't think that's going to ever happen. Maybe it's something that that, that make it more challenging. Like we, we discussed is, I know we play like you mentioned. There's some teams right now playing three games in a week. Mm -hmm. and that's a little too much on the on the body. Uh, I know a lot had to do because of the weather and so forth. But I think they should do is play just one round of district play. And play on Fridays and Sat or play Friday or Saturday, and then after you're done with the first round of district play, you have a conference tournament like they do in basketball or like in baseball and so forth. And then wherever you end up in your district, with there, that's your seeding, and you play you play a conference tournament, and the whoever finishes in the top four, guess what? Those are your representatives for your for your your playoffs, and then whoever wins the tournament is your district champ. You know. I think that'd be something unique. I think it also helps out spread out the season a little bit longer, and then also concentrate during the week to come, you know really recover from playing, but also work be able to get more practice time. Because even like the way we have it now, you play Tuesday night and Friday night, you're not really getting too many practices, especially if you're not going to go hard the day before a game. This kind of allows that a little bit. So maybe that's something maybe the UAL can look into in the near future, maybe doing something like that. Well, we're going to cut it off at this point here, Rafa. It was a pleasure. Um, as we announced on the show uh, on Sunday, uh, SA Soccer Roundtable is going to kind of split a little bit where we're going to have high school-specific high school specific shows. We're going to have SA-specific shows. And then we may have a lower league show with, you know, the Athenians, you know, you know the, you know, the WPSL, UWS teams, uh, the NPSL teams. Uh, we may try to put together, you know, a separate show along those lines here. 
Um, but I know our good friend, uh, Coach Kano, is uh, live with his 50-50 podcast. So if you want to head, head over and catch uh, his show right now, uh, uh, he's got the head women's uh, soccer coach uh, from Hardin-Simmons University, uh, Coach Lance Key. So uh, Rafa, it was a pleasure. Uh, you know, stay safe up there in Austin. I, I know, you know, Austin's crazy. Uh, sorry, you're getting poor breakfast tacos because you're up in Austin. Uh, yeah. San Antonio's breakfast tacos are king. But what's life without goals? Hope everybody has a great week, and then we'll see you next week. Uh, uh, Rafa, I believe, will be down in the in uh, down in the Laredo, as he mentioned here. Well, they have better tacos there than Austin, <laughs> but not uh, better than San Antonio. <laughs> but we'll talk to you guys next week.